This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is brought to you by Audible. If you're listening to this podcast right now, then I'm going to assume that you would also enjoy listening to audiobooks. Whether you're interested in business, history, comedy, science fiction, or romance, Audible has thousands of titles for you to choose from. We want you to try out Audible for free, so if you head to our link, you'll get a 30-day free trial and a free book. So go to audibletrial.com slash local hustlers podcast to redeem your trial today. Again, that's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash local hustlers podcast. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast, your go-to source for connecting with small businesses and entrepreneurs in the East Valley. Get ready to be inspired by local entrepreneurs as they share their stories, mindset, best tips, and advice. And now, your co-hosts, Dallin and Eric Huso. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers Podcast. This week, we're super excited to be here with Miranda Reyes with Miranda Madison Events. How's it going? Good, good. How are you guys doing? We're good. good. <laughs> Glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on today. For sure. Excited for the episode. Um, before we dive into things, why don't you take a couple of minutes and give us a little background on your life? Sure. So, actually, um, born and raised here in Mesa, Arizona, was where I was born. Um, so I feel like there's not many of us nowadays. You know, <laughs> they're more, normally from, say, Wisconsin or New York or Cali or anything like that. Right. So, um, born and raised here, played golf my whole entire life, um, ended up going off to school in Cedar City, Utah at Southern Utah University. So that was super fun. Got a golf scholarship up there. Nice. Um, I don't think many people know that part of my life. You know, they just know uh-huh. me as like event planner and... Event planning and golf don't yeah, really like no, go together. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, when I was at the university, I literally have been playing golf since I was five years old. That's all I've ever known. I was getting to the end of my golfing career and I was like, well, what do I do now? Like, I don't know, you know, all I've ever known was golf. We always just went to the course after school and played our whole lives. And so I actually took an event planning course at the university and we were running, you know, galas and concerts and, you know, dinners and all the different things like that. And I realized like, wow, I really like doing this. So from then I was actually on the road at um, a golf tournament. I think we're in California or something. And then I started the business. So I was in the hotel room, you know, started all my social media accounts, messaged all my friends, got the business started on the road, still in college, came back to Phoenix, started it all up. Um, And really, you know, I'm kind of just where I am here today, you know, so that's kind of backstory. And really anyone that knows my life now just knows me as, like I said, planner. And I love the business. I love all the connections that are within this industry and you know, connecting with other fellow entrepreneurs and business owners, I think um, really the realm of where we all are in this moment is really fun and just encouraging. And we're all in this together type yeah, of thing, you know, sure. and we're not struggling. And, you know, and if we are like, it's OK, like I'm here for you. Like, I, I get it. You know, like take a take a week, take a month, take as much time as you need. But um, yeah, that's quick. I mean, intro to me and the business and all that, how it started. <laughs> Nice. Let's uh let's talk a bit about golf for a second. So you started at a pretty young age. Do you come mm-hmm. from a golf family, or is that something your parents push you to do, or what? So yeah, my my dad um, ended up 
watching Tiger Woods when he was on the rise. You know, this was back when I was born, so 1996. That's kind of when Tiger Woods was getting his old start. Yeah. And so my dad made a decision when we were born, basically. Like, my daughter, because I have a sister, too. She also played at NAU. She played golf at NAU. Um, so my dad made the decision, like, oh, well, my daughters are going to go play golf, you know, and that's that. And so, yeah, we started basically when we were five i was five my sister was like four or something and we would just like start chipping and putting and kind of hanging out go to the golf driving range all the time and yeah that's really all i ever ever knew and it's funny because um you know growing up no one really thought golf was cool they were all like oh well that's weird like you should be dancing you know all our other friends were dancing and doing all that right and so it's funny that now, you know, it's so popular with like Top Golf and everyone like loves the Phoenix Open and all uh-huh. the different things like that. So, um, yeah, you know, we and my dad, like I said, just had this vision for us. And there were so many moments where we just wanted to quit or we didn't want to play it anymore. Yeah. I want to say probably about like 12 or so was when I really gained my own interest and passion behind it. And I was like, oh, well, I'm actually kind of good. Like, I can do something with this, you know. So then we played the whole junior golf circuit. Um, I mean, I got sent over to New York and Florida and Georgia and Virginia and Seattle. And we played all over California, Texas, all those. Um, and my parents obviously paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into it. And so with all that money and they're like, well... At this point, you you have to get a scholarship, you know. <laughs> right. Like you're not you backing get a out, return, yeah. right? Yeah, you, you're not backing out now, and so, um, you know, then obviously went off to college, and it was seriously like the best four years of my life. And for those that are familiar with Cedar City, Utah, know like how much of a small town it is. But just having one my team, but then also just the athletic community with everyone was really really cool. Um, so yeah, best four years of my life at SCU and it's, I mean, people know me and if they really know my story, I actually wanted to quit my sophomore year in college. Um, at, at that point I was two years in completely burnt out with the sport. You know, we were 6am weight training school all day into five hour practices afterwards and traveling all over. You know, we, I think in the fall we had like four or five tournaments on the road for like three, four days at a time. And in the spring, we had like 12 tournaments, you know. So it was just back to back to back to back to back. And juggling college is already hard enough. And then obviously adding athlete life to it is even harder. Um, and very rare, like not many people even know that side of it either. So even to find a fellow athlete, they just know what it's like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, sophomore year, wanted to be done. Uh, but same thing my parents were like no like you would be so silly I it was a full ride scholarship school was basically paying me to be there I literally had the whole world in my hand and now I'm so glad that I did because I graduated with no student debt no loans no nothing and not many people can say that you know what I mean (laughs) so now it's funny because I feel like when I have when I have kids of my own I feel like I'm going to do the same thing and like push, (laughs) push really hard. Cause I'm like, we just got me and my sister both got these scholarships and now we don't have debt. That's great. Yeah. 
Sounds like there's two key moments in your golf career that probably have a lot of application for entrepreneurs, for yourself, and for our listeners. One, as you mentioned, at 12 years old, you'd been pushed, pushed, pushed from 5 to 12. And then at, at some moment at 12 years old, you realize, hey, I like this. Mm-hmm. I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to dig into that a little bit. Sure. And then your sophomore year where you're burnt out and you're ready to be done. And then you, I'd like to dig into that like a little deeper on on really what motivated, because there's lots of people that, you know, they would tell their parents, I'm tired of it. And they they'll keep going and they quit, it, quit anyway, but mm-hmm. you didn't. So I'd like to mm-hmm. dig into those two key moments sure. where you realized you were good and you realized you had a passion and you were on the brink of quitting and yeah. didn't. Yeah. I think when I ended up turning 12 in the realm of, it was really when I started to play competitive golf here in the valley and we got to play all the different courses but just seeing i mean basically essentially seven years of hard work kind of already come to fruition and oh i can actually compete against these girls that moment was cool because i mean you're kind of born and bred into it at that point you know starting at five years old and your dad's in your face and taunting you and my dad's not very good but you know when we're six and seven you know playing against him we're just trying to beat him at that point and so I think just having him instill that hunger and that like you got this mentality into us really drove us to do something great you know and for me and my background, for those that don't know, um, you can kind of look up, but people are always like, well, what's your ethnicity? And so I'm actually Filipino and Chinese. And so I think it's really just that Asian heritage of mm. like, you will do this and mm. I don't care. You know, there's mm. no other options. I mean, we're not going to be basketball players. We're not going to be, <laughs> you know, like volleyball. Like we're going to do things that we know we can do, ping pong and golf. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. I think seriously when I was 12 and I started playing the competitive nature of the sport, but then I'm also just social. I love friends and meeting new people. And so then I was meeting other golfers around town and then I was like, oh, okay, well, this is pretty fun, you know? And so I think that point was when it was actually fun all the way up into it. I was like, it's just me and my sister and my dad. This isn't very fun. You know what I mean? So... I think, yeah, basically when I started to play the tournaments and all that was when it got fun for me. Um, and and before we go into that other story, let me just ask a, a application here for your business. Um, at what point did you realize that your event planning business was fun? I want to say when at the end of a wedding, an event, anything like that, right before the event ends and I'll go up to the client or the bride or the mother of the bride or whoever's basically contracted this in to take care of the event and just getting that hug from them, having them hold my hand and say, this was the best event I've ever had. Thank you so much for everything. Um, It's in those moments where it's fun for me and you know there's a lot of planning that goes behind it obviously and then I mean really just being on site um you know a lot of the times it 
obviously depends on the venue, but we'll normally be on site, say, from 10 to 11-ish a.m., depending on the venue. And then, I mean, we're there till 10 or 11 p.m. Um, but it's just seeing all of our hard work come to fruition on the day of. And it's like, oh, yeah, we talked about the marquee letters being there and all the florals. We talked about this and this was supposed to be there. And now it's like all together. I think it's really just seeing it is the most fun part for me. And then same thing, like it, and it translates back to golf is meeting all my friends and everyone in the industry now. Um, really, that's the fun part for me. You know, I, I could sit for hours and just sit over coffee or over podcasts and just talk, you know, yeah. and just let's get to know each other. And how's how's the baby or, you know, and then that's just me and what I'd like to do. And that's why I love I just love socializing and friends. <laughs> no, excellent. So excellent. Yeah. So that that human connection making mm-hmm. a difference uh, seeing the mental creation come to fruition and mm-hmm. the physical creation, that's where the joy comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. definitely, definitely. Now let's fast forward uh, to your sophomore year yeah. and, and really dig into why you chose to keep going. I think it's really because our, our family is just so close and tight-knit and same. I, I just really moved back on heritage because it's very generational and if any of you kind of know Asian culture and families is they are very close and tight knit, but it's more so on the side of not wanting to disappoint your parents or having the looming, you know, like, oh, well, I love college and my parents were angry at me type of thing. I, I think it was more so on that respect, you know, of knowing how many dollars my parents through literally into this whole thing that okay well I can't say goodbye to this right now you know or this is an opportunity of a lifetime and so it's it's really just realization and I think honestly college I mean really changes a human being honestly and makes you mature and grow and figure life out in general and so I think it was just the realization of not being selfish I think you know and and not just quitting and saying all right goodbye see you later um so I think that's what it really stemmed down to and and continuing to just communicate and talk things through with my family of like well what do you what do you guys think I want to do you know and my golf coach knows this um but you know there were moments where I was just like I he's not treating me very fairly. I don't like this anymore. No one, you know, and I wasn't playing very well either. So that wasn't helping at all, of course. And so I think, like I said, it it was really the family and not letting them down type of thing and wanting to represent the family well, as well as the university and the team. And so then it's just everyone that's backing me is just, I I didn't want to disappoint essentially. (laughs) Have you faced a similar moment in your business where you wanted to quit? Like, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> uh, uh, last week. <laughs> every, I mean, Once a week, right? Yes. I, in the middle, at 12 o'clock every event day? Yeah. <laughs> there's so many moments. I mean, and like I said, in the background, there's a lot of friends that I do have in this industry, but there's also a lot of vendors that 
can just be grimy and, you know, out for blood at that point. Yeah. Which I don't know why, you know, but maybe, and I'm very empathetic, you know, I try to understand both sides and I'm like, okay, well, maybe COVID really hit them hard and, you know, this is their policy and they're standing by it, which is fine. I get it. Um, but then it's, I'm in the middle, of course, you know, but relaying that to a bride who wants their money back, wants whatever, you know, I'm trying to like reason with people, but then right. I get stuck in the middle of it. You know, sometimes it gets really, really, really hard. Um, so yes, I mean all the time and, or, you know, say if I just haven't been able to land a client, you know, I have all these inquiry calls and I can't land anyone because the planning side of it is, in, is interesting because, you know, we kind of have our main vendors, which is going to be the venue. Of course, you want to host your wedding or event somewhere. Then you have a photographer to capture the moments. Then you have your DJ, who, of course, is going to run the party. Then you most of the times have your caterer and then your cake people. That's really it. Everyone else is kind of like if it allows for the budget. Yeah. You know, flowers. Okay, people can go to Hobby Lobby and do that. Planning. Oh, well, my aunt so-and-so can do it. You know what I mean? For us, of course, you know, we're coming out of bill and some people don't put that into the budget. And so, you know, is one of those things like, okay, well, this is my raid and I really can't come down to it. We bring so much value to the wedding. And I know what the other wedding planners are doing, you know. So, of course, for me, I'm going to go above and beyond and do all these different things. But for us, really, we're surface-based, you know. We can't, oh, well, this is, you know, we did this and this is what this bride said. But really, when you see someone shine is on the wedding day, especially for the planners. And so... um yeah, I mean, seriously, like last week, I literally think I texted my boyfriend. I was like, I just want to fold the whole business. Like, <laughs> I, I'm done, you know, but yeah. that's just business and entrepreneurship. And he's an entrepreneur as well, you know, so he totally understands. Mm-hmm. So he was like, same thing, you know, what my parents were saying. But he was like, don't be dumb, you know, like you, you've worked so hard to get to the point where you are. But I feel like if I'm not transparent and I'm telling people these things, then... They just think, you know, like, oh, well, she's, you know, on fire and she's doing this, this and that. And I'm like, I am, but, you know, I also. Still hard. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I also, I mean, during COVID, I was like, literally, I think I put in like 200 applications on Indeed. Wow. Because it was getting really, I mean, COVID was horrible. Um, But seriously, like, nobody called me back on Indeed. And I was like, this is the universe saying something. Like, it was so weird. I was like, okay. Guess I'll keep going on the business. So applications like to, to get a job yes. somewhere else, you're saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've told many people that story because I was like, it got really hard. I started door dashing, like delivery driver food and groceries because I was like, I need money, you know? And then like actually our family had just opened our Airbnb and so then I was like cleaning the Airbnb and, you know, the cleaning fees were like 150 bucks or something. So I was taking those and I just literally had to do anything to not get an actual job, you know, because I was like once event because I knew in my heart events were going to come back. Everything was going to be fine. But I was like, I can't go and get a job right now, you know, because I, then, I, then I would have to quit, you know, yeah. and I I don't like to quit, you know, like if I start something, I obviously want to see it through, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
COVID was really hard. I couldn't find myself in a bed for like two to three weeks. Like just literally laying in bed every single day. And I was like, why do I even get out of bed today? Like I don't have any, you know, anything. But then that's when I started actually my podcast and got to connect with people from all over and, you know, just checking in with them. And obviously it's all over. Ours was over the phone. Um, so I, that was my coping mechanism, if I want to call it that. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So a lot to unpack, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so COVID pretty much shut down all of business. Just want to touch on that real quick. So uh, talk to us a bit more about your mindset. So obviously you were considering, I don't know if you ever like made the decision that you're going to be done, but you were considering mm-hmm. it since you put out other applications, but mm-hmm. just tell us a bit about what was going on in your mind, like the fear of, mm-hmm. of business completely shutting down mm-hmm. versus kind of pushing through things. What was going through your head at the time? I mean, at the time it was, you know, seeing accounts receivable essentially. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to get this, 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 and this in. And then all of it just dissipated. It's like watching ice in water and it just like went away. Yeah. So seeing that and... I was just really like, I have to do something, you know, like I can't not, not make money. Granted, I'm blessed in my situation. I'm still living at home with my parents and they're very fortunate. I'm fortunate, but they're very loving and supportive and okay, well, you're growing the business. Like go ahead and just hang out here as long as you need. You know, I think my rent is like dog food for the dogs (laughs) or I'll take care of the dogs, you know, obviously when they're out of town, but not many have my situation, you know, many, I mean, obviously have rent and mortgage payments and car payments and all these different things, you know? So they were like, just figure it out for now. So I was going to try to figure it out, you know? So like I said, I, you know, two to three weeks, seriously in bed, not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to do anything. And all these brides were devastated because we had, we were some of them like a week or days away from their wedding. And then we had to push it to October, December next year. Um, but then after the three weeks, I feel like, I don't know, a revelation vision, something, but I just had a, moment where I just woke up and I was like okay you need to stop feeling sorry for yourself like you need to pick yourself back up you're fine um so then that's when I I signed up for DoorDash I started I sat my parents down and I was like hey we're opening the Airbnb so can I just can I have the cleaning fees like and which actually worked out better because now we know how we like it cleaned (laughs) um so then yeah then started the podcast and started growing that i mean i think we're at like 350 or something episodes now i don't i don't know how but i that's all i had to do you know so i was just making all the podcasts and being on the phone all day every day with all these people and scheduling it all out and then um you know i ended up doing a whole bunch of photo shoots because photographers didn't have a creative space or outlet to get people in front of their cameras and so ended up doing I think like 20 shoots within about like eight months or so and Dallin and Lauren were a part of one of them and so you know was just seeing these opportunities and so I yeah I was just really strategic and focusing on TikTok and so now we have a whole bunch of followers on there 
Um, so it's just fun that in oh, like a disaster storm of a lifetime, yeah. we still found the silver lining, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really focused heavy into the marking side of it because I knew in my heart that everything was going to be okay. We're all going to be okay. Events are going to come back and people were saving their money. And then, you know, people still want to have their celebrations. Obviously, this is, you know, where, where we're at, you know. And now business is booming more than ever. Um, phones are ringing off the hook. And I, that's for everyone. They, they're calling it the wedding boom. Um, so. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure everyone yeah. that held off from last <laughs> oh, year. Oh, yeah. yeah. You yes. got double. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Do you find yourself spending more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? then you need to get in touch with Flamingo Pools. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green-to-cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools is there to take care of you. Here's a few things that makes Flamingo Pools stand out from the crowd. When you first sign up for service, they'll give you a free complimentary inspection of the pool to make sure everything is running smoothly. They'll also email you a service report with a picture attached after every visit so you know when your pool has been cleaned. They also offer a mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and get your first month of weekly maintenance free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. Well, it sounds like you made a pretty big switch from, you know, being in bed every day to really out there hustling and, and coming up with a couple of really great ideas to, you know, make money and get the business back rolling again. Was there anything that happened that caused that? Was there like, I don't know, someone you talked to or a quote you heard or a, or a podcast you listened to? Or was it just something in your mind that just suddenly switched and, and kicked you into gear? So... Actually, was always listening to Gary V, and I know he's not everyone's cup of tea. You know, he's a little <laughs> vulgar on the words, and really, I mean, just really harsh. But I felt like I could really resonate with him because my dad was very harsh growing up. My coach was pretty harsh as well, both males in my life, and so then I felt like, okay, I'm gonna listen to Gary V's podcast, and I finished all of his episodes. There's well. like there's so much so much content and so that's what you're doing in bed all day yes literally just listening podcast yeah so i don't i honestly couldn't tell you but um definitely his podcast i would always just listen to it and i subconsciously just listen and work anyways to podcasts Uh so i think yeah i mean just him probably one day sitting and telling me over this podcast like what are you doing? Like, stop being stupid, you know? Because that's just what Gary Vee says. So. That's cool. cool. Yeah. And you mentioned that you were very strategic in this time and, and doing a few things, and you started your own podcast. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about what your intention was in starting your own podcast. You mentioned mm-hmm. it as therapeutic in ways, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what was the original intent of that? Well, the original intent was really to check up on my friends during COVID because obviously no one could see each other. So I, it's funny of the evolution of the podcast. It starts. I was like, Oh, well, how are you during COVID? And then now it's like, Oh my gosh, I can barely even get on the podcast. We're so busy. 
Um, but the original intent was, yeah, to t- check up on my friends, see how everyone's doing. You know, can I help you with anything from afar type of thing? But now with the business and, you know, with so many episodes, the intent for the business is to be a Arizona-based, but then also destination event planning company. So now with the podcast, we've strategically gone into all the different major cities to maybe one day, obviously, hopefully need them, you know, for an event. So, I mean, our podcast is in Orlando, we're in Miami, we're in Dallas, we're in Seattle, we're in San Francisco and San Diego and you know, all over New York, all over the map. I haven't got anyone like international yet, just because time zones are kind of hard, but maybe here soon. But that's really where we're at now with the podcast and all the fun things like that. And so everyone's super excited. I mean, I keep them really short too. They're only like 12 to 15 minutes, you know, and you should see my calendars. Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. I'm always just on the phone same thing just calling people talking to them letting them but it's sharing the platform of course to okay well let's let's introduce your business but then also obviously share my business with the listeners you know what i mean so and that's i mean podcasts are great (laughs) yes they are yeah (laughs) and so you have guests from all those different cities that you mentioned Mm -hmm. where where do you find them how do you connect with them in the first place instagram dms just sliding in the dms literally (laughs) we i mean have gotten blocked on instagram multiple times (laughs) because we've sent too many dms Uh but i'll literally just in hashtags and if you're listening to this you definitely need to use hashtags, but I just will type in, say, San Francisco weddings and then go through and then message all the people essentially that are in there. And then, OK, then San Francisco's done. Then I'll move to Seattle, go to all those different hashtags and people posting in there. And then they'll be kind of confused because they're like, how do you even find me? <laughs> yeah. Like Instagram, you know, so um, now we're getting to the point where I you know, we've, we've built the team. And so I have some of the team members now doing that side of it, just because that's a full-time job of reaching out to people, following up with people, post-producing our podcasts, doing all, you know, like I still obviously want to make sure we're doing that, but they are doing it and they're having fun with it. You know, they're like, this is so cool. And I'm like, all right, keep going. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) So cool. Well, let's talk a bit more about Miranda Madison events, uh, a bit about your company. You know, if someone is planning a wedding or an event, you know, mm-hmm. what is it that you guys do? What do you provide for your clients? Sure. It's definitely a stress-free event, wedding, anything like that. Say if you're celebrating a birthday or an anniversary party or corporate, I mean, gatherings. We've even come into corporate offices and set up balloons and coordinated all the different vendors Mm -hmm. so we really do it all actually through covid we did add balloons and that's still part of the business that's pretty fun um but yeah really just if you want someone to take over the event and be that point person just because on the wedding day the vendors are going to want to contact somebody and you don't want it to be the bride and you don't want it to be the mother of the bride, but normally <laughs> it is, you know, so really just letting 
the couple and the family relax on the day of is yeah. the biggest thing for us at least and so yeah we have 11 girls in the team now wow. um, including myself yeah we have four lead planners um that's awesome and so we are able our most events in one day has been three hoping to do more you know obviously and, and we're able to you know so that's really we're growing and expanding and hoping obviously as we expand we get to have team in different cities or i mean the good thing about our you know market is that we can go anywhere that a plane will take us you know we don't have product really it's it's us yeah so we can just hop on a plane and be there and coordinate your event and Mm -hmm. hit up the vendors because we're pros in instagram at this point Mm -hmm. um so yeah we you know if you're really if anyone's really looking for someone to be that point person on the day of and take over all the stress because event stress is a whole nother type of stress that people <laughs> don't they don't know about but then people aren't familiar with it you yeah. know they're like oh well i can do it it's fine but it's not like it, it, there's just a whole nother side of it that people don't understand or realize and you don't want to be on a day of not enjoying your wedding because the dj's late or someone forgot a extension cord or bartender ran out of ice or just literally have someone take care of it and that's yeah. us, you know, so, yeah. So do you initially sit down with a client, um, see if it's going to be a good fit or just like get their vision or how does it kind of, you know, unfold and start from the beginning? So, yeah, it normally just comes through obviously inquiry either through just our website or Wedding Wire or The Nod or Party Slate or the different kind of platform or even Instagram, honestly. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of business through Instagram. Uh, but I do like to do a phone call with all of our either brides or couples um, uh, when we are starting to initially get into the process. One, because I do feel that we can really connect over the phone, you know, initially right when I open the conversations like, hey, how was your day? What do you do for work? How was work? You know, and then that it's that just connection straight away, you know, and then we just start talking how's wedding planning been going? Oh, I'm really stressed out, you know? (laughs) And so then I kind of obviously will run them through like our packages, what all we offer, all the things like that. And then by the end of it, you know, I kind of am just asking like, well, is there a budget you're wanting to stay within for the planning portion of it? Because we can customize to a certain degree. Okay. Um, But obviously, you know, if they're like, oh, well, just tell me your rates and we'll kind of just go from there. Then we kind of just do that and then yeah, I'll send over a contract and we'll kind of, most of the times it's funny because from all the inquiries and everything that come through, maybe only not even half will get over to the phone, you know, but that, tr- that shows me truly that they want to talk to us. Yeah. They're very interested in our services. And then obviously if the dollar amount is what's the determinant, then we have some leeway to kind of obviously like adjust that. So that's, yeah, kind of the process. And then from there, it just depends on your package, you know, like full planning will start six months plus, you know, so I had one couple, we've been working for 18 months together or I have one, you know, who we only have five months to plan a wedding, you know? And so, but majority of our business is just a day of coordination currently. Gotcha. So that starts about one month beforehand. We'll take over the reins. 
We'll make sure all the vendors are familiar with who we are and know us, and we pull everyone together, pull a timeline together, and get everyone rocking and rolling. So. And do you do other events besides weddings? Mm-hmm. What are we some do. common other events that you guys take So over? we've done a lot of 40th and 50th birthday parties lately. I feel like those are definitely milestones that people are like, let's party. Um, so they'll you know spend some good dollars behind those. Um, a lot of corporate has been calling us lately to treat their employees or even say client appreciation, anything like that. So those are a lot of the other events we can do. Um, but that's why we truly still call ourselves a events company because we're not just weddings, you know, and we like to do it all. And I actually do like to do a 40th or graduation party or anything like that because it, it mixes up our, you know, our portfolio a little bit, but then also my brain, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to, okay, first look and then first dance and then grand and you know all the different things all in a row um but yeah doing something different for anyone is is nice for sure let's talk a little bit about the vendors so well first do you have a list of like preferred vendors or are you constantly reaching out to new vendors and trying to make new connections i definitely do have my favorites for multiple reasons one they're gonna show up they're gonna be there they're gonna be professional if they even mention my name, that they're that a referrals coming from me, then they're gonna immediately take care of them like family at that point. Yeah. Um, but two is a lot of the times planners move with discounts with these vendors, and that's actually something that not a lot of clients know. They just are like, oh well, you know, having a planner is just they're just kind of spearheading everything and kind of the middleman, but. A lot of the planners do move with vendor discounts. And so whether it's 15, 20, 10, it, it just depends, but just ask. Um, so, but I'm, I mean, always open to meeting new people. I definitely do have stipulations with referring though, just because I, I need to see that vendor in action, whether it be a shoot, whether it be birthday party, corporate party, whatever it is, but it, it, just I have to see you in action and see if you're actually willing and able and you take it serious and I don't care if it's a shoot I don't care if it's my birthday party I don't care what it is you know but are you going to take care of us are you professional how do you dress how do you act because any vendor recommendations coming from me or the team is a reflection of us you know as with anything you know so we just have to make sure like these are good recommendations and we trust these people and we know they'll take care of them um because honestly like i said the vendors are so overbooked right now a lot of the times they won't even answer the phone Mm -hmm. just for joe schmo you know but if i text 10 people hey i need this tomorrow all right done you know so um it it definitely pays to know someone in the industry you know and that's i mean for for you guys just in general too you know if you guys have anything ever where you're like Hey, what about this person? What about that person? You know, and I always tell my friends, I'm like, tell them I sent you. Um, yeah. Because then, yeah, they 
That endorsement goes a long way. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So how do you make those original connections and how do you, like you mentioned that you need to make sure that they're, you know, up to par and up to your Mm -hmm. standards. So how do you do that? You know, especially starting off before you've had experience with any of these people and making sure that the vendors are going to, you know, deliver on their promises and and give your clients a good experience. Mm. It's really just putting yourself in the position of whether it be a shoot, whether it be, you know, a personal party, anything like that. Or, you know, if, if it's moving through another vendor, maybe that may refer or recommend, um, it, you just really, I mean, you have to put the dollars and the time and all that behind it. I, like I said, we, we did 20 shoots last year. I met so many different vendors. I saw how they all operate. I saw how they all worked. And so it's one of those things that, you know, people all the time will come to me and they'll be like, oh, well, who do you use for this? And who do you use for that? And what about this? What about that? And um, of course, you know, I'm going to give my recommendations to whoever, you know, but as a vendor in the industry, you should take the time and you should take the energy to figure that out on your own, I feel like, Um, because, yeah, just because you know people might talk a good game but it's like yeah do they do they show up what's their presentation like yeah. are they are they rude on the event day cuz like i said event stress is a whole another animal mm-hmm. that it's seriously i mean it, it's so weird but it like takes over your body and you almost like black out like and people don't even know that that stress has taken their body over at that point and they're lashing out at people. They're super crabby. Like there's just horror stories, but it's 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 for real. <laughs> so unless you've seen it, then people are like probably thinking I'm crazy. But <laughs> it's real, I promise. Well, I'm sure that's stressful for you too to take on the stress of your clients mm-hmm. and just knowing that your vendors are all you know not only representing your company but representing you too. So sure. I'm sure there's a lot that goes into there, a lot. Yeah. To that on wedding day. <laughs> yes. So you mentioned you have 11 employees now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, congrats on that. That's Thank awesome. You. How long have you guys been in business now? So for three years. Three years. Yeah, but they're actually all just independent contractors. Gotcha. Um, so that's always another question. You know, people are like, oh, well, I, I'm just a one-person show, so how do I get into the independent contractor route? Right. Um, it's There's so many. I mean, you Google it, literally, you know, but or if anyone wants to sit down with me and like we can figure it out together i'll give you my pointers i'm happy to um so yes 11 girls they all have full-time positions and i'm very transparent with them from the get-go if anyone ever wants to become a part of the team i tell them this is not gonna be a nine-to-five job i'm not paying salary i'm this i'm probably only gonna call you maybe once or twice or three times a season um i and i need you to be okay with that you Mm -hmm. know but we like to keep the team bigger just because there might be a triple header weekend. Right. There might be a double header. There might be one time where one of the girls gets sick and we just need her to go and fill in. And so, um, I mean, we, we really built the team to a solid position. All the girls, two of the girls have been with me since we've started. So they're going to be two of our lead planners, yeah. you know, for obvious reasons at that point they've, been in the gutters with me and seen, you know, where we've started and how we've grown and how we operate as, you know, the planning team. And so being a boss is a whole nother, you know, sector that people don't really 
I mean, life doesn't really prepare you for it, but you figure it out, you know? And so I mean, captain of my golf team, I think was the closest, you know, that <laughs> I was to that, which obviously that was a lot different. Um, but for me, it's really still moving with empathy and understanding with the girls and telling them I'm here. And I, if you want to go off and start your own event planning company, that's fine. If you want to, you know, take yourself out of the industry, that's fine. Um, but just know I'm here for you. And I try to compensate, obviously, like what I think is fair for them, what's going to make it worth their time. And then I like to put them obviously in powers of position and be a lead planner and be a, be a planner, figure it out. You know, yeah. and I tell them like, don't call me. I'm not going to answer, <laughs> you know, but I, I always tell the girls, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to let you drown a little bit, but I'll be there eventually to throw the, the lifesaver ring or, you know, whatever the thing is called. And I'll be there, you know, but you guys need to learn to sink and swim and do all that for a little bit because that's just what this industry is about. It's just figuring it out. Life. <laughs> Sounds similar to your golf experience oh, with yeah. your coaches, you know, sink or swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> a little it's, tough love from yes, your coaches and yes. your dad. So. Well, and I'm, I'm not for everyone, you know, mm-hmm. and there's been girls that have come and gone and that's okay. I mean, I still am empathetic towards them. And I'm still here for them no matter what, but I just have a standard and I was obviously raised a certain way, you know, but I, this is our, and I talk very in terms of we and our, and it's just back to the team portion of it. You know, now at this point, um, I was back, it was back in maybe in January or so when I was talking to my boyfriend about something and I was talking, oh, assistants and this, this and that. And he told me, because he he played college basketball at SU actually, um, but he told me, well, you shouldn't use the term assistant Cause that's kind of degrading, you know? And so now I use team and team member and lead planner and all these different, it's the terminology and it's psychology too. You know what I mean? So I'm um, really just empowering them to, you got this, yeah. you know, just do it type of thing. I mean, back to Nike and slogans. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're going to like one of these days, send me a letter and stop using <laughs> but, uh, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think empowering is a good word to use because a lot of people are worried about about their people doing a good job and so they tend to like hover over them and, and micromanage and make sure they do everything perfectly. But like you said, you know, you let them go out there and, mm-hmm. and sink and learn how to swim on their own and mm-hmm. you don't always answer their calls and you expect them to figure it out. And you could, at first, you might think of that like, well, that's not a very good way to, to lead or manage people, but it really is kind of empowering them to learn things on their own. And probably eventually in the, in the long run um, figure out things better than if they would have just relied on you to figure sure. it out for them. Yeah. Well, and we've built our relationships and our, you know, vendor, vendor relationships essentially so strong to this point that I've had these conversations with the venue owners or any, anyone else that you think about it, any business, the owner is not always going to be there. Yeah. McDonald's owner isn't running all of his McDonald's, you know, so. Grilling sandwiches. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not a thing. And so um, we're very transparent and we're like, all right, well, this is going to be your lead planner. But most of the time at all the different events, I'm introducing the girls to the other vendors so they can then form their yeah. own relationships, you know. So then it's not like, oh, well, I've never met shannon before i don't know who maddie is you know but a lot of these vendors very well know them and they've built their own relationships and 
I mean, Monday, if you guys end up coming, um, I'm having my birthday party, you know, and it's going to be a party and a half, of course, because I feel like as a planner, I would fail. (laughs) But I mean, there's like 80 people that are coming, you know, but a lot of those people are just friends in the industry, you know, and so I'm constantly hosting events like this so people can continue, you know, to Mm -hmm. build their relationships and it's so hard you know on job sites and at a wedding you don't have time to sit and chat and how's things going you know so it's just it'll be fun um to continue so then people are aware like okay well shannon's gonna be on your wedding oh my gosh i love shannon you know so um it's just it's been fun to now be the owner and the boss but then still be with the girls showing them like okay i'm gonna move chairs with you and i'm not just gonna sit inside in the ac and i think that's i when i was working a little bit i was frustrated with that portion of it like oh well why isn't the boss helping us or why why is he or she just inside doing whatever that's that's annoying right you know so i'm gonna be right there with i'm gonna roll my hair up i'll be full makeup (laughs) and you know i'll still be like right there with you guys because i think that also shows i mean as an owner and as a boss that you are there with them and we're all suffering through this and we're gonna figure it out together you know it's a team we're a team (laughs) you mentioned uh you graduated from suu did Mm -hmm. you get your degree in marketing i did so share with us like one really important principle that you learned from your degree that you've had great application in your business and maybe one thing that you wish that they would have taught you that they didn't that you've learned since that you've just kind of learned on the job mm-hmm. i think actually learning class is it, it was really cool in the business school because they would have you in a finance course they would have you in an accounting course and then management marketing courses all the different economics all the different sectors of business so that was cool to understand not saying i got an a in my finance course (laughs) other than my marketing um but it was one of those things that it was cool to learn all those different things on the fundamental side and you know in the books type of thing but what they really didn't teach you in business school was actually doing it you know actually sitting on a computer for hours trying to figure out like Instagram algorithms and Facebook ads and all these, it was just all simulated talking about it and homework assignments. But, um, that I am obviously able to do now. And I, I think you guys know me at this point where I, I don't care if someone thinks I'm a weirdo, if I just want to go and learn what it's like to clean a pool or let me just come shadow you for a day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but I really want to learn like the processes and why you do this and what about that and well what is this for why do you go clean at like 6 a.m. and you're like because it's really hot you know and so just different things and processes and I mean CRMs and all the different things like that that they they just I mean didn't teach you it but I really enjoy that side of it and it's it's funny because I love the back end of a of a conference of concerts like behind the curtain type of thing it's really really cool to see i mean the the opportunities that i've even gotten now since i've been out of college have been really cool 
to see. You know, behind a big old corporate conference, there's actually 50, 60 people that are operating that that you don't know about. You know, one that's doing the teleprompter, one that's running the video, one that's running the lights, one that's running the music, one that's, you know, running the whole show and sending the guests up, that's taking the, you know, furniture off the stage. But I love seeing that, you know, there's, there's nothing, but I honestly would probably want to go see the behind the scenes of a conference or concert versus the actual event. What are your thoughts now on college as an entrepreneur who, who, you know, you're in the industry you're in because of college, but a lot of people are against college. So I'm just curious kind of what your take and what your opinion and advice is to people yeah. on college. It's, I'm probably going to get some heat for this, but I don't, well, I don't care, honestly. <laughs> um, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Don't go into thousands of dollars of debt to please your parents. Because um, at the end of the day, your parents are probably still going to love you and we they'll hope. get over it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's fine. And nor do they probably want to go into that debt either because they're probably going to end up you know, having to work extra shifts and help you cover books and all the expenses, obviously, that come with college. So if it's not for you, don't do it. If you really feel that you, you know, lawyer, doctor, accountant, all those things that obviously need school, then yes, go. But don't don't go just to go. I And honestly, if I wouldn't have gotten my scholarship, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. I, no, I hate school. <laughs> I hate it. And so, it's, I mean. Yet yeah. you love learning. I know. And I love my friends. It, it's not worth it, honestly. I don't even. Yes, I use it, but then I don't at the same right. time. You it know? all worked out in the end for you. Yeah. Like, I. I've, you had a great time, got your degree, no student loan debt, yeah. and you're an entrepreneur. You yeah. got the best of both, all worlds. Yes, yes. <laughs> One more thing that I'd love your you know, specific advice on uh, for business owners and entrepreneurs that, that have employees. Um, just going back to what you said about you know empowering your people. Mm-hmm. How do you make sure that you have that conversation with them and make sure that you come off um, from a place of love and that you're doing it because you want them to grow and learn on their own and not because you don't care about them and you're not going to help them out? Well, it really starts of like an attitude check from the boss or owner or whoever's having this conversation. If you go at it in a weird or not malicious, but just mean way or, you know, trying to act like something or be in a certain direction, you really have to already have, say, that relationship and kind of that connection already. But it's one of those things, you know, just really checking yourself. Because I think a lot of business owners, there's really, I mean, you guys know, there's really some things that people don't know about um you might be in a dark place you know the business might be on the verge of folding different things the business might really might not be coming through but really just you have to have it in your heart (laughs) to be a good boss i think if that makes sense um and really work on yourself and so but then it also comes on the other side you know of having a contractor and in a or a employee that maybe tells you like hey you're not being very nice yeah you know because sometimes people just don't know 
you know, or they'll just be like, oh, well, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to. Well, that's not how you do it, you know. So maybe just also the realization of it, you For know. Sure. So that's a hard one. You know, I, you just really have to either come from a loving and empathetic background or mindset or you maybe learn to get or if you're not and you know you're not and you can't get there then find someone that is you know like find a partner yeah or find maybe i know wives step in a lot of the times <laughs> and they'll be like yeah. hey like so this this and this you know can i make some cookies but you know like tell me what's going on so uh, i don't know i that's a hard one <laughs> no i love that, that advice and then anything else as we're closing up that we missed or any like, last piece of advice that you'd love to share with our listeners mm, i think two things and i think it was really a common denominator between a lot of things but really when it gets hard don't give up because there's something around the corner that you know, really is probably going to rock your world and it's going to be a life changer. Um, but you really wouldn't know that if you just call it quits and fold it up. Um, and then secondly, I really, you know, just think people need to hustle harder. I mean, we literally got shirts printed this year for fall season logo, obviously on the front, but then on the back, it literally just says hustle harder. Cause I don't think people work hard enough. You know, they Instagram's great because you can put on this whole persona and you can make it seem like business is great and all these different things are going on. But people just aren't putting the sweat equity into businesses that need to nowadays. They'll try to, you know, try to get this subscription and do this and do that. But there's nothing that works better than literally just maybe not going door to door, but sending a 500 dms until you get you know blocked on instagram (laughs) or just meeting up with people and and just knowing that you have to put money into the business to start making that money you Mm -hmm. you can't just start making it like poof you know and that's any business you know but having that realization first and foremost and you can you know work that as a side hustle and still have a full-time position you know maybe it's a 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. type of thing, you know, that you just kind of work on the business on the side. Yeah. Um, but people don't want to do that. You know, it's too hard. They don't want to they don't want to do it or they're just going to fold the business because it's too hard to do, juggle both or they just want to they're OK with their nine to five. And that's great, you know, but we're going to we're going to go get our money and <laughs> keep doing all the things. You know? Right. So hustle harder. I like that. It's a yeah. good place to kind of kind of close things up here. Yeah. As we close up, though, we got a quick little game that we're going to play with you. Okay. So how it's going to work is we have we'll a... see how much you can hustle harder. Right. <laughs> We've got a list of 20 questions that we're going to ask you. Okay. And you've got a minute to answer as many of them as you can. Okay. So um, we'll see how you square up against other guests we've had on the show. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You start us off in three, two, one. Your dream vacation. Bali. Uh, first thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars. G-Wagon. Your favorite hobby. Sleeping. If there was an Olympic competition for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal in? Sleeping. A song you've been jamming to lately. Uh, the one by Maroon 5. I don't really know the name. 
And if you live to be 100, would you rather have the mind or the body of your prime self? Mind. Your favorite holiday? Christmas. Favorite ice cream flavor? Strawberry. Favorite fictional character? Oh, I don't know. Let's say Spongebob. <laughs> favorite smell? Flowers. What's your nickname? Mimi. Pet peeve? Annoying people. <laughs> favorite restaurant? Oh, any pizza spot. If you could switch places with someone for a day, who would it be? Taylor Swift. If you had to eat one food for the rest of your life, pizza. What would it be? Uh, oh, there's our timer. Oh, okay. How did I do? You did actually really good. That was uh, 16. That's actually one away from the record. Oh. <laughs> if you got it, we would have had to throw a party. Now you're right? it for us. <laughs> Love it. Oh, I made my heart raise. <laughs> not bad, not bad. <laughs> Um, tell our listeners where they can hear a bit more about you if they've got a wedding or an event coming up and yeah. we want to get in touch with you guys. Sure. I mean, well, Instagram's obviously huge nowadays and a lot of people love to see our work. So mm -hmm. definitely head over to Instagram, Miranda Madison events, TikTok. I mean, is obviously where you're going to see our videos and everything like that. Um, so that's also Miranda Madison events. Uh, we just actually started a YouTube series on obviously youtube um but basically showing the behind the scenes of the event so that's been really fun but yeah i mean our website miranda madison events everything's miranda madison events so just anywhere that people are definitely uh head over there and give us some love and we'll give some love back nice and then um i know you have a little special offer for our listeners you know tell sure. them about that real quick yeah so Anybody that listens to this, mentions that they heard this podcast, um, we are offering 10% off of any of our planning packages and then also our balloon packages. So definitely give us a call and take advantage of that because we really, very rarely, you know, unless certain exceptions will give discounts. So yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you again so much for coming on and sharing uh, all your advice with us. We loved it. Yeah. Well, thank Great you guys having for having you. me. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Okay. We'll catch y'all next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Just a few things before we go. First off, if you or someone you know is an entrepreneur in the East Valley, we'd love to have you on the show. Please get in touch with us by emailing us at localhustlerspodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at localhustlerspodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for the latest news and updates. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to rate and review and hit that subscribe button. It lets us know how we're doing and helps us grow so we can reach more locals, entrepreneurs, and help small businesses grow. Thanks, guys.